Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Scarb Show. I am your host, Andrew Scarborough. We are tuned in live from Salt Lake City, and the current date today is December 20th, 2023. We are just five days away from Christmas, so hopefully you guys are getting all your Christmas shopping done and getting in that holiday spirit because it's just upon us and the new year is closing in fast. So wherever you may be, sit back, relax, and let's get into this podcast, baby. Let's go. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Scarf Show. And to get into this podcast, we are going to dive into something that has been brewing over the last week or so as the Denver Broncos have now had some potential rumors flying around about their quarterback, Russell Wilson, this offseason. As you know, the Denver Broncos were on a start of the season one and five, went on a five game win streak, and then ultimately lost um, two out of three the last three weeks, including losing to the Detroit Lions on Saturday to a whopping score of 42 to 17. Um, wasn't looking good. Um, wasn't a good game at all for the Denver Broncos. And Sean Payton was seen on the sideline, head coach for the Denver Broncos, uh, yelling at his quarterback mid, mid to end game. And wasn't just yelling at him. I mean, he was screaming at him. And, uh, you know, push came to shove. Didn't matter really what happened. Ultimately, they went on to lose the game anyways. Um, in both post-game press conferences, head coach Sean Payton said it's none of the bit, none of the media's um, business about what I talk to Russell Wilson about and what I scream at him for. Um, and then Russell Wilson also came on um, to the press conference, post-game press conference, saying, "Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing he yelled at me." You know, they didn't get into details about what was going on and why he was being yelled at, but he took it like a champ and he said, "Yep." That's just the kind of fire our coach has. That's the kind of drive our coach has that shows how bad he wants to win and how bad I want to win. And respect to Russell Wilson for not giving out, you know, in-business information out to the media and letting it blow up into this whole entire story. But that's not the story that has come and arised over the last week. As since losing two out of three games for the Denver Broncos, there are now rumors or there has been rumors over the last year on what the Denver Broncos should do with quarterback Russell Wilson during the offseason. Um, and everybody is going after Russell Wilson and saying, you need to get rid of him. The Broncos need to cut him. They need to move on from Russell Wilson. And this is why, because as you know, two years ago, before Russell Wilson played a single snap for the Denver Broncos, GM George Payton um, signed him to a five-year, $250 million contract extension um, which would pretty much solidify that he is going to be the Broncos' new quarterback for the next seven years till he retires, and he's going to finish out his career with the Denver Broncos. Fast forward to now, as you know, his first season was abysmal as they went 5-12 and 12 or something like that, if I remember right. Um, now you're on to this season. You have three weeks left in the season, and you're sitting at a record of 7-7 seven and seven at 500 and second in the AFC West division. Um, and you have a chance to make the playoffs still. Your next three upcoming games are the New England Patriots, the San Diego, excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers, and the Las Vegas Raiders for your last three games, which are three very winnable games for the Denver Broncos. Three very 
easy games, two at home, one in Vegas. They finish off the year in Vegas. Of course, it's two division opponents, but, you know, the Raiders and Chargers haven't had the best of seasons. And you have pretty much three rookie, inexperienced quarterbacks who will be playing these next three games against the Broncos. So very, very winnable games for the Denver Broncos to finish out the season at 10 and 7. So let me get this what I'm getting to here. Everybody's saying get rid of Russell Wilson, you know, because of all that story leading up to now and all the things that have happened. But do you really get rid of it? And this is why people are saying, do you, why, why get rid of Russell Wilson? And like I mentioned before, it's his contract that they gave him. He has not lived up to the expectations of his contract, so to say, um, that five-year, $250 million extension, which begins this next year. Um, the Broncos have to decide by March of this year if they are going to move forward with Russell Wilson as their quarterback. And the kicker to this is that if – they decide to move with quarterback Russell Wilson. Um, they have to keep him for at least two more years or they will, you know, because he is signed. If he signs this extension, if they if they continue with his extension, they are stuck with Russell Wilson for the next two years. And the problem with this is, is Russell going to perform first most? And second off is... The salary cap going to take a huge hit, which it will, because you will be paying him a mere $50 million this year, and then next year it increases to $84 million the next year. So if Russell Wilson signs this contract, or I shouldn't say signs this contract, if the Denver Broncos move with this contract for Russell Wilson for the next year, they will be paying him roughly around $130, $130 40 million over the next two seasons against the salary cap and uh so this is what i'm kind of getting into here everybody says get rid of him because he hasn't lived up to the expectations and if you cut him now it'll only have a 50 million dollar impact compared to next year and two years from now where it'll have an 86 million or 84 million dollar cap hit to the salary cap so people are saying just move on from russell wilson now move on from that contract, that mistake, you know, eat this money, eat it while you can and move on from it. But this is where things get interesting because you brought in Russell Wilson first and foremost from a team that went to winning Super Bowl 50 to now being missed the playoffs for seven straight years. Um, So now you brought in Russell Wilson to not only turn your franchise around, but to make the playoffs, of course, of course, the big picture is you bring a guy in, you sign him to a big deal, and you want him to win the Super Bowl. Okay, well, you signed him to a five-year, $250 million deal. Russell Wilson isn't going to win five straight Super Bowls. I mean, he possibly could. You know, crazier things have happened, but this is the National Football League. It's rare if people win back-to-back Super Bowls or two Super Bowls, might as well five. So, What I'm getting to here is you brought Russell Wilson in to change your franchise around first and foremost, to have a notable and a notable quarterback who has a good pass resume with the Seattle Seahawks has been to the Super Bowl twice, won one of them. So you brought in Russell Wilson to turn your franchise around and you signed him in this contract, not only to win Super Bowls, but also to win and get into the playoffs, right? Like I said, you're not going to win five straight Super Bowls. 
you you brought him in to make the playoffs to turn your franchise around. Once you make the playoffs, then you figure out, okay, we're going to focus now on winning a Super Bowl. That's why we gave him a five-year deal instead of a one- or two-year deal where you have to go win a Super Bowl. Now, this is a building process. You brought in Russell Wilson to make the playoffs, to turn your franchise around first and foremost. We're not even worried about a Super Bowl. So what I'm getting to is if – how do you get rid of a quarterback? Let's say the Denver Broncos win their last three games and they get in the playoffs at 10 and seven, regardless if they win, it'll be a wild card game, possibly unless the chiefs dump two um, and you run them down for the division winner. But let's say, you know, he gets you to the playoffs, possibly even wins a playoff game, wins a, the wild card moves on a divisional game, possibly wins another playoff game. Just saying, but let's say he at least gets into the playoffs. How do you get rid of a quarterback that not only came in and gave you an identity from from the last seven years, but also got you to the goal of making the playoffs? How do you get rid of a guy like that, regardless if he wins the playoff game or not? You brought Russell Wilson in to win a playoff game, to bring you to the playoffs. So now that's the goal you accomplished, and now you're going to cut him? You're just going to cut that contract? I understand. I understand the money that's at risk here. But my opinion here on this is, as you guys know, I'm an avid Broncos fan. My opinion on this is if Russ gets you to the playoffs, you keep him. You just you do. You can't get rid of a guy that brought you to the playoffs, especially for that reason why you brought him in in the first place. You know. I just, I just don't see how you get rid of a guy like that, especially if he wins a playoff game, wins a couple playoff games this year. I think it really all depends. Russell Wilson's future depends on these last three games, whether he will be a Denver Bronco next year and for the years to come. If they lose three straight and finish the season at 7-10, and 10, then you could look to, yep, this just didn't work out. You know, we won two games more than we did last year. We got to let you go, Russ, because this is – big money that we're eating. We're already eating, and I don't think you're going to get better in two years. But if Russell Wilson makes the playoffs, they get in at 10 and 7, you see some progress happening. You went from 5 and 12 to now finishing at 10 and 7, got you the playoffs, which you first brought him in for, the reason you brought him in, and now you're going to gut him. No, you you have to keep Russell Wilson. You have to keep Russell Wilson if he you're, you know, if you're going to eat money, if he sucks next year, he sucks the other next year, you're, you're eating money anyways. You know, whether you cut him now, $50 million, or in two years, $84 million. Now, I know that's a big jump. I know that's a lot more money. But regardless, if you're getting rid of Russell Wilson here in the next five years, you're eating that contract anyways. You're, no matter what, you're just eating that contract. So my thing is, if he makes the playoffs – and wins at 10 and 7 and you cut him who what is your plan what is your you're going to go draft some rookie quarterback i mean you have to now you can't bring it if you get rid of russell wilson if the denver broncos get rid of russell wilson they have to draft a quarterback and let's just say they make they win 3 games finish at 10 and 7 get in the playoff spot they're going to be possibly late first round in this upcoming draft this year there might not be a quarterback at that pick. You could possibly see them at what pick 18, 19, 
somewhere between there, you know, depending on how many playoff games they win as well. These quarterbacks that are coming out this year are going to be scooped up by teams right off the bat. I mean, you're not going to see these top five guys make it past pick number 15. I will guarantee it right now because you're going to have Caleb Williams, who's projected to go number one overall. He'll be going to the Chicago Bears probably. You have the Arizona Cardinals at number two. They will possibly be taking Marvin Harrison, the wide receiver, so you don't got to worry about them. But then you have the New England Patriots. If the season ended right now, this is how the draft order would be. You have the New England Patriots at number three. They will be taking a quarterback, whether that's Drake May, uh, Michael Penix, Jaden Daniels, uh, whoever is the badasses are. I don't think Shadur Sanders. I think Shadur Sanders is going to forego forego his draft eligibility and play in another year of college. So it looks like Drake May will go number three. So now really all you have left is Michael Penix Jr. and Jaden Daniels. I mean, that are, you know, legitimately going to run the league for the next, that you know will make an impact for your team right now is those four guys. And they're going to get scooped up. They're going to get scooped up by teams in the top 15 picks. You better you better be hoping if you get rid of Russell Wilson, you make it to the playoffs, you have pick number 18. You better hope there's a guy sitting there right there. You better hope a badass is sitting there. And I know you could take other quarterbacks. You know, you can take these other guys like Spencer Rattler, Patterson out of Michigan. But are they really going to make a bigger difference than what Russell Wilson does right now? Obviously, okay, obviously you could he can make a big difference in two years. But is he going to make a bigger difference than Russell Wilson has done right now at this moment? You're going to throw an NFL rookie who is projected late first round, early second round to go in there and light it up. If you look at past quarterbacks, man, we didn't know if Jalen Hurts would be good for at least two years as he sat behind Carson Wentz. Obviously, it worked out. Um, speaking of Russell Wilson, he was thrown into the fire. Didn't work out for really the first two years. He wasn't that great. We saw Tom Brady taken in the sixth round. He sat behind Drew Bledsoe for a couple of years, got his shot. So it's going to take time to develop these younger quarterbacks. And I just don't see why you would cut Russell Wilson. I could see why you cut Russell Wilson if he finishes 7-10 and 10 and we missed the playoffs completely. But if he makes the playoffs at 10-7 and seven and you cut him and you draft some quarterback out of Oklahoma – that's not going to make as big as an impact as Russell Wilson will right now. Prove me wrong. I hope he does. You know, I hope he kicks ass right off the bat. But knowing this league and knowing how everybody is great in this league, it, it's going to take a year, a couple of years to develop. You know, it's going to take a couple of years. So my thing is, does these last three games are crucial for Denver Bronco, Russell Wilson's Denver Bronco career. And I think you dictate your future off these last three games, whether you keep Russell or not. If he loses three straight, you cut him. If he wins three straight, gets to the playoffs, you, you at least ride with him for two years. Even if you do take a quarterback, let's say pick 19 in this year's draft, and you still have Russell Wilson on your roster, you can have him sit behind Russell Wilson for the next two years, have him develop under Russell Wilson, learn a thing or two. Then after two years, eat the money. If you're getting rid of Russell Wilson, you have another quarterback, rookie quarterback ready to step up who has learned under a veteran, and you don't have to sign him for another two years anyways. So that's my opinion. Denver, if 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 Russell Wilson makes it to the playoffs, he's your quarterback for the next two years. If he doesn't, he's not. Just cut him. Just get rid of him. So 
that's my opinion. We'll see what happens with this whole story and saga. Um, but this is how I want to start off this podcast because you guys know I'm an avid Broncos fan and there's just been rumors and everybody talking about it this week, especially after our loss against the Lions this past weekend. Um, everybody is wondering what Sean Payton and company will do with Russell Wilson in the offseason. So that's my opinion on this. Hopefully, I know that was kind of long, but hopefully you guys took a lot out of this and hopefully you kind of learned something, you know. Oh, and if you do keep Russell Wilson, my preferred first round pick is an offensive or defensive line because the Denver Broncos so desperately need both of those pieces right now. But we will get into that another time. So let's move on to the rest of this podcast. All right, everybody, moving on to our next topic. I also forgot to mention when I was mentioning draft quarterbacks that will make an impact in this year's draft. I also forgot to mention Oregon's quarterback, Bo Nix. He will be probably top pick, pick at least top five, if not top 10. So it just goes back to iterate. I forgot about Bo Nix. He's a guy that will make an impact for your team right now. So I forgot to mention that. Sorry, everybody. But anyways, moving on to the rest of this podcast, as we're going to move in, since we're already with NFL topics, we're going to stick with NFL um, that has happened around the league over the last week. As the NFL has now announced some big news, as you know, the NFL is trying to become more international by playing, you know, gaining a more international popularity by playing games overseas in Germany, London, Mexico, um, just to name a few that have you know, been played over the last couple of years and have gained much popularity with people around the world. And as you know, the NFL is the biggest sport on earth, probably besides soccer, but it's definitely the biggest American sport on earth and is becoming bigger. And the NFL is trying to gain more international attention around to compete with soccer. Um, so they have also now just announced that the NFL is now set to host an NFL game in a new country in the 2024 NFL regular season. And that new country is the NFL will be playing a game in Sao Paulo, Brazil next year. Um, they haven't mentioned who the opponents will be. That probably won't be mentioned until the schedule comes out about, you know, when the schedule does come out about April, May-ish. Um, but they will be playing a game in Sao Paulo, Brazil this year. Um, and now they are expanding their international attention even more by now hitting Germany, Mexico, London, and now Brazil will now host an NFL 2024 regular season game. So I'm curious to see what it's going to be for the opponents. Very cool place to go. You know, Brazil has been, you know, hosted many big events over the last couple of years, not only being the biggest one being the Summer Olympics just a what couple of years ago. Um, but now they're going to host another big event with the NFL having a Brazilian game for the 2024 regular season. So very interesting to see, very interesting to see what the NFL is doing and very curious to see who will be playing in that game. All right. And then in other news, as you know, the Los Angeles Chargers are in shambles. They not only lost their quarterback for the rest of the year due to injury as Justin Herbert against the Denver Broncos two weeks ago broke his finger um, during the game and eventually they lost the game and then the next day announced that their quarterback will be out for the rest of the year. The page or excuse me, the Chargers are officially now out of playoff contention. They will be heading to the offseason here in the mere three weeks. So no playoffs for LA Charger fans. And they have finally made 
some coaching changes and I should say personnel changes um, as they have fired their head coach, Brandon Staley, and also their GM over the last week um, after getting a blown completely out on Thursday night, last Thursday night to the Las Vegas Raiders, 63 to I believe it was like 17 the score ended up. Um, (laughs) It was a bad game for the Chargers. They were down 42 to nothing at halftime and then – Managed to score 17 points with Easton Stick. Um, But it still was not a pretty performance. And as you know, Brandon Staley was on the hot seat for the last two years easily. He could have been fired last year after they blew that playoff game against the Jacksonville Jaguars down. They were up 28 to nothing at halftime. Jacksonville came back all the way to win it and send the Chargers home packing. So he could have been fired after that big blowout loss like the freaking Falcons did in the Super Bowl with the Patriots. But, you know, ownership, the Sopranos, um, excuse me, Spanos, not Sopranos. <laughs> Close enough, but the owner, Spanos, decided to stick with his head coach for another year. And, you know, things just didn't get any better. They actually got worse for the team who is now projected to not only miss the playoffs this year, but to finish with an even worse record than they did last year and also getting blown out completely by a terrible Las Vegas Raiders team. And that was the last straw. Spano said, you know, all right, we're done. We were going to ride this out to the end of the year, possibly if we could, you know, fire, decide to make personnel changes. But you know what? After that embarrassing loss, my team is now moving in a different direction. And now Brandon Staley and the GM, I think his name's Tom Delasco or something like that are both now out. Um, They are both now looking for new jobs as the LA Chargers will be looking for not only a new head coach, but also a new GM this offseason. And, well, you know, I don't blame him. I feel bad for Brandon Staley. You know, he was the offensive coordinator for the LA Rams before he got the head coaching job here. And, you know, some guys just aren't built to be a head coach. Being a coordinator and then being a head coach is a completely different ballgame. When you're a coordinator, you supervise a certain set of guys, whether that be the offense or the defense. When you're a head coach, you're supervising the whole organization. The whole organization is focused on you and your quarterback. And most bigly, big is your quarterback. That's 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 who your franchise owner, GM, expects you to make better when you're a head coach. Of course, they want you to be – make the whole team better but the quarterback is the main focus and when Justin Herbert for the quarterback for the LA Chargers has massive upside potential to be a superstar in this league has kind of shown he is a superstar has made it to the playoffs you know but has had just not the right coaching not the right direction and not the right guy to you know boost his potential and really show what Herbert can do and what kind of quarterback elite possibly quarterback he could be and it's very important that your head coach is not only good with your quarterback but also can develop your quarterback and like I said being coordinator is a whole different ball game from being a head coach Brandon Staley was just not the guy was was not fit to be a head coach I'm sure he'll be a great offensive coordinator somewhere else when I'm sure he'll get picked up in this offseason he was a great offensive coordinator for the LA Rams during their Super Bowl run but 
you know, being a head coach and being an offensive coordinator is a completely different ball game because you are the, besides your quarterback, you are the face of the franchise pretty much. So Chargers will be looking to find a new head coach. And I believe there are some options out there as it is potentially rumored or is almost guaranteed now that Bill Belichick for the New England Patriots, the head coach for the Patriots, will be officially fired at the end of the season or they're going to mutually part ways. As I say, mutually, he's going to get fired by Robert Kraft. Um, They have pretty much now decided that Bill Belichick will probably be on his way out of New England, and that L.A. Charger job is very intriguing to Bill Belichick. You get to live in a sunshiny state. You know, you can afford to live in California. We have Bill Belichick's money. You have a young quarterback who has elite potential to be a superstar in this league and a young quarterback that you can build up like he did with Tom Brady, build up and build this franchise back to what it was and being the new and and approved L.A. Chargers. Um, They have a great team around them. They have great pieces. I believe the Chargers might be in for a rebuild this this offseason. We're not sure about the running back, Austin Eckler, what he's going to be doing, um, whether he decides to – you know, re-sign with the Chargers, gets traded, who knows with that shenanigans. Um, Keenan Allen is older now. He's an old wide receiver. I doubt they re-sign him or bring him back next year. Um, but other than that, you know, you have some good pieces around. You have your young super, your young wide receiver in Joshua Palmer and Quentin Johnson, who you drafted in the first round this year. Um, I believe Mike Williams possibly will be coming back, so you should be set on wide receivers, maybe taking another wide receiver in the draft this year. Um, you have a defense, supposedly a good defense, you know, with Derwin James, Khalil Mack. I don't know if Khalil Mack will still be there next year. But you have a good, solid defensive pieces around there. Um, Asante Samuel Jr., who is looking like a future superstar cornerback for them. So, you know, it's an intriguing job the L.A. Chargers are. As, as terrible as they may be, it's a very intriguing job if you're a head coach looking to not only move to a place that's warm, but also a place where a quarterback and a team could be built from the ground up to its untapped potential, so to say. But Bill Belichick isn't the only rumored guy to possibly take over as a head coaching position for the Chargers this year. As you know, Jim Harbaugh uh, for the Michigan Wolverines in college is rumored to be coming back to the NFL possibly. Um, and he might look, be looking at that Charger job as a, you know, come back to the NFL job, has proven experience. He took the 49ers about, what, God, it's been at least eight years now, or 10 years now, when he was the NFL head coach for the 49ers, took them to the Super Bowl, unfortunately lost to the Baltimore Ravens, but he's been there, he's done that. He's, he's coached not only the adults in the NFL, but he's also coached the young kids in college. So if he comes back to the NFL, he can easily, easily coach an entire organization, not just coach an offense or a defense. He can coach an entire organization. He can relate to not only veteran NFL players, and but he can also relate to these younger guys that they will be drafting and also these young guys that are already in the NFL because he's had that college experience and he's also had that NFL experience as well. So really, I think the ideal coach – would be Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh for the L.A. Chargers. Um, but it's going to be a very interesting season, offseason for the L.A. Chargers. 
seeing where those pieces move, like Allen, Eckler, and Mack, see if they stick around or decide to go to new teams or if they decide to get rid of them personally, bring in a new head coach, bring in a new GM because the GM makes all these decisions. So a new GM is also crucial for the LA Chargers and picking that right guy to run the team for the foreseeable future. So it's a very intriguing job and a very intriguing atmosphere in LA this upcoming off season. Um, unfortunately, like I said, they got to play their last three games and they're heading straight to the off season, but it will be a very interesting off season for the Chargers. So have your head up high Charger fans, because this could be a very wild ride for you guys in the off season. All right, everybody moving on to some other sports news that has happened. And we've had a lot of things happen in the national basketball association today as some big news that has been handed down to a particularly, particularly, I can't say that word, dirty player, and his name is Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green, has been suspended indefinitely and must take counseling before he is able to return after his swing and almost knocking out Phoenix Sun center Yusuf Nurkic the other night. Um, as this is a repeated thing with Draymond Green, not only this year, but in past years, he has been known to be a dirty player and has been had multiple incidents this year, which led up to the suspension, as the first one was him stomping on DeMontis Sabonis' chest, and then later in the season, uh, chokeholding Minnesota sent Minnesota Timberwolves center Rudy Gobert after an altercation between two other players ran up and grabbed Gobert and choked him and dragged him across the court. And now you have this with Draymond Green swinging his fist at Yusuf Nurkic and almost knocking him out, at least he knocked him to the ground and was made to say he was trying to get out of the defense that Nurkic was doing, which we all know it was bullcrap because we know Draymond's history. We know how he is. We kind of know we know what kind of dirty player he is, which was bullcrap. Swing. He full on swung and hit Yusuf Nurkic in the side of the head, and as now ultimately from these past instances, and the NBA has came down with their punishment, suspending him indefinitely and making him take counseling for his actions. So who knows when Draymond Green may return to the court? Who knows if he'll be a Golden State Warrior as, you know, Steve Kerr and the Warriors are kind of getting sick of his antics and being sick of him being suspended. And as he was suspended earlier in the year for choking out Rudy Gobert, and that was only like a five to ten game suspension. Now he is suspended indefinitely. So who knows when he may return, if he ever may return, if they don't release him. Um, but he also must take counseling for his actions before his in suspension will clear up um so we'll see what the future holds for draymond green um took a lot it was a big thing in the news this week took a lot of bad you know reactions towards draymond green if people already didn't like him they definitely don't like him now um and they're now saying there's no place for this in the game of basketball this isn't the 80s this isn't the detroit bad boys where you can put a stiff arm or a level on a player or do type things such as what Draymond has done in the past. So um, this is the new NBA. They are trying to protect players as much as they can, and they can't deal with any of this nonsense much long, any much longer. And this not only goes for Draymond Green, but this goes for 
other players as well. It's just Draymond Green has a history of this and now will be suspended indefinitely. So curious to see what's going to happen with Draymond Green and the future of the Warriors moving forward. Um, Like I mentioned in my podcast about a couple of months ago, the reason why Jordan Poole was traded for an old Chris Paul was because of Draymond Green and Jordan Poole not getting along after their altercation in practice in which Draymond Green sucker punched Jordan Poole, knocking him out, which eventually led to the trade to the Washington Wizards and them sticking with Draymond Green instead. It was a very weird and odd trade to see, and I think that had to do with a lot of it. And that's just one of the antics Draymond Green has had over the last couple of years. So it's big news to be handed down to not only the Warriors, but to Draymond Green as well. And then in other big news, speaking of the Washington Wizards, they are expected to build a new stadium in, a, I believe it's like 2028, I believe, so here in like the next three years. They are expected to build a new stadium in Alexandria, Virginia. So they will be moving out of the D.C. area, you know, directly in the D.C. area where they already are, and will be moving across the way to Virginia, um, not sure why they're doing this. I'm sure they're trying to, you know, build a new stadium because, you know, stadiums are old and they're always trying to upgrade and renovate for their new teams. But I also think the area of DC, you know, it's like the Mer it's not a it's not a good place to be. Let's put it that way. Um so I think they're trying to get out of that neighborhood as well. Um I, that's why I believe they are, you know, building a new stadium in a different more possibly safer area. Um but is it expected to take effect in 2028? as the Washington Wizards and also the Washington Capitals hockey team, who share a home with the Washington Wizards, will now be both moving to Alexandria, Virginia. I don't know if they'll still be called the Washington Wizards or if they'll be called the Virginia Wizards now. We'll see what happens. Rebrands might happen. A whole bunch of things could happen with this, you know, potential of a new stadium and in a new area. So we'll see what happens. Um, But maybe not because, you know, the – the Golden State Warriors were originally at Oracle Arena in the middle of Oakland and then eventually moved across the way to San Francisco Bay and to their new stadium, the Chase Center, and they're still named the Golden State Warriors. Um, they're still known for the Bay Area, so I doubt they changed their name. Uh, but you, you never know with these with these owners. They, they can do whatever they want with their teams, and if building a new stadium and also rebranding for that as well, that's their choice, man, and that's their team, so... Look out, Washington, or I should say look out, Virginia. You are going to have a new home team here in about three years. So get ready to ride, everybody, in the Washington area. And then lastly, some also big news. As uh, NBA sportscaster Ernie Johnson, who was part of the NBA crew with Shaq, Charles Barkley, and Kenny the Jet Smith, um, is now going to be inducted into the sports broadcasting hall of fame which is great because if you're an nba fan and you watch the nba you know who ernie johnson is um he is one of the best voices in basketball um one of the best voices you know just in sports in general so very much well deserving for this award he is one of my favorite broadcasters one of the most recognizable voices that i know in sports and he just he just reminds me of the nba every time i hear ernie johnson it's 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 always the NBA. So whenever I hear him in different sports, broadcasting on different sports, it just doesn't feel right. Because, you know, Ernie Johnson is an NBA guy, and that's how I perceive the NBA. Him and Kevin Harlan, man, 
are like my two NBA guys. So love to see it. Love to see Ernie Johnson get recognized for his great voice, his great, you know, career that he's had. And one of my favorite broadcasters in the world. So congratulations to him. Very much well deserving for that. All right, everybody. Now moving on from the basketball world, we're going to head to the baseball world where the full offseason, of course, is in full effect as the Los Angeles Dodgers have not only acquired superstar Shohei Otani, they have now acquired another superstar pitcher to bolster that bullpen for this next upcoming season as the LA Dodgers have acquired Tyler Glasnow from the Tampa Bay Rays in a big trade. Um, as you know, Tyler Glasnow is one of the best young rising pitchers in the all of the MLB. Of course, he was hurt last year after undergoing Tommy John surgery, so he hasn't pitched for about a year. But uh, before that, man, he was the best pitcher on the Tampa Bay Rays roster, um, one of the best young pitchers in the league and still is very, very young. He has a lot more many years to come. Um, so it's a great, great acquisition for the L.A. Dodgers, who not only now have Shohei Otani, but now they have Tyler Glasnow in their bullpen, as well as Clayton Kershaw and Walker Bueller, just to name a few, who have already been there for the last couple of years. So a very, very talented Dodger bullpen for this upcoming season. Um, great trade for them. Very good trade. Um, of course, they signed him to a contract extension after trading for him at, to a four-year deal. Um, but, you know, I, the details aren't really how much money it was, but he's locked in for the future for him, definitely. So um, the trade of the details is the Los Angeles Dodgers acquire not only right-handed pitcher Tyler Glasnow, but they also acquire outfielder, outfielder Manuel Margot from the Tampa Bay Rays as the Dodgers will send to the Tampa Bay Rays, as the Rays will acquire right-handed pitcher Ryan Pepiot, and then also outfielder Johnny DeLuca. So a pitcher-pitcher, outfielder-outfielder swap, um, which I believe the Dodgers win in this case. So, like I said, very good, very good trade for the L.A. Dodgers. That's probably the biggest thing, you know, the biggest transaction to happen over the last week. Um, as you know, also – the longtime Pittsburgh Pirate Andrew McCutcheon has also signed, re-signed with the Pittsburgh Pirates on a one-year deal. You know, uh, Andrew McCutcheon is a fan favorite in Pittsburgh. Was drafted by the Pirates, played many years with the Pirates before um, moving on to other teams, um, including the Philadelphia Phillies, the New York Yankees, um, and then somebody else he played for. Um, but ultimately came back, re-signed with the Pirates last year on a one-year deal, and now will be back as well for another one-year deal with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So love that. Love Andrew McCutcheon. Um, he belongs in Pittsburgh. He is the face of the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, has always been the face of the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, and a very young team in the Pittsburgh Pirates who have some very good potential and some very good bullpen pieces. Um, so the Pirates can make some noise if they make the right moves in the offseason this offseason and starting with Andrew McCutcheon is a great, great move for them. So love to see that Andrew McCutcheon is now back with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And then a, another big news thing to happen with another pitcher as Texas Ranger superstar pitcher Max Scherzer will be out for at least six to eight months. 
Um, he, they're projected for him to be out until at least June with a back herniated disc. So he got surgery on a herniated disc in his back. So he is projected to come back to the Texas Rangers in about June. So, you know, they're going to have to ride for about three months without him as the season starts up in April. So hopefully he'll be back in June, could be July. So who knows? We'll see what happens with that. But it's a big blow to that, you know, Texas Rangers bullpen. But they have a lot of good pitchers on that roster. Obviously, they won the World Series, so that proves it right there. Um, but I think they'll be just fine without Max Scherzer. Um, just don't rush him back into it. You know, he's he's on that older side now. So don't rush him back into the bullpen. Ease his way back into the bullpen. Survive without him. And then when you get a fully healthy Max Scherzer, we all know what a full, healthy Max Scherzer can do. He's a bad, he's a, he's a bad man, bro. He's a very good pitcher, a very good veteran pitcher. And will be a great piece when he comes back for the Texas Rangers. All right, we are heading to the end of this podcast. But before we end the podcast, we're going to hit a couple other quick little notes that has happened over in the sports world over the last week or so. Um, Starting with the NBA, as former Indiana Pacers forward Lance Stevenson is making a comeback into the NBA as he has signed with the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves G League team. So hopefully we'll see another Lance Stevenson, um, you know, phenomenon happen here in the next year or so. Cause I love Lance Stevenson has been one of my favorite players for the last couple of years, especially with those runs with the Indiana Pacers with Paul George and Roy Hibbert back in the day. So hopefully he can make it back to the league. Cause I love Lance. And then in some other news as well, um, the UFC happened The one of the last co uh, pay-per-view events happened for the year. Um, it was against Leon Edwards and Colby Covington was the main uh, the main event for the year. As a Leon Edwards went in and beat Colby Covington's ass, um, manhandled that man, um, defended his title, and you know simply just beat the crap out of Colby Covington. Um, and very much well deserving win for Leon Edwards. Of course, Colby Covington being the cocky dude he is, he went on in the post-fight press conference saying he won that fight. Um, He should have won, uh, blah, 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 a bunch of, you know, just fake stuff that no one was caring to even say and said all that BS and still got his ass kicked and still lost. Like, bro, you lost. Why are you talking smack, bro? You simply, you not only got, you you not only lost, you got your butt handed to you. So I don't know what he was doing, but... Leon Edwards remains the champion and to finish out the year for the pay-per-view events. So the next one, the next big pay-per-view, I believe, for the UFC will be January 20th. Um, I I believe that's UFC 297. Um, So it's going to be a great, great start to the year, but we're going to have to wait a couple of weeks before we can get to that event. Um, And then also in other news, Teddy Bridgewater, quarterback for the Detroit Lions, backup quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater will has announced that he is going to retire after the season and coach high school football. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, decent quarterback. That's all I'm going to say, but congratulations to him. He's had a great year, 10-year run, so great. Good for him, man. Retire. Go coach up those young kids. Give them you know, insight and build them into the future NFL players that we all know and love. Um, so just some quick things that happened over the last week or so. All right, everybody.
everybody. As you know, we are coming to the end of this podcast. If you are liking The Scarb Show, I appreciate all the listens. Make sure you go and follow The Scarb Show podcast on Instagram. Make sure you like and follow all the platforms that you may be able to listen to The Scarb Show. And make sure you tell your friends and family all about The Scarb Show, everybody. So anyways, thank you guys for the listens. Thank you guys for sticking around and tuning into this podcast. But before we end this podcast, we are going to do the annual fun fact of the day so the fun fact of the day for december 20th 2023 is an average of 700 grapes goes into one bottle of wine so for my wine connoisseurs out there um it takes a lot a lot of grapes to make one bottle of wine that's probably why you know wine is so expensive um it's a very antique kind of drink um very connoisseur drink you either like wine or you don't um but yeah 700 grapes in one bottle of wine so that if you got like a whole wine cellar that's a lot of grapes man so hopefully you guys learned something from that fun fact hopefully you guys appreciated it but thank you guys again for listening thank you guys for tuning in every week i appreciate all the support follows and listens and and make Hopefully you guys enjoy your Christmas. Um, Hopefully you guys enjoy the rest of your holidays. Hopefully you guys are surrounded by family and, and, you know, just in the holiday spirit. You know how we're doing. Um, So it's always nice around this time of year to just forget what's going on in our lives and enjoy each other and enjoy family and enjoy the spirit of the holidays and what it means. So Merry Christmas to all of you guys out there. Um, Thank you guys again for tuning in. We are live from Salt Lake City. I am your host, Andrew Scarborough. This has been The Scarb Show, and we will see you guys next week.